Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. Awesome. Well, (laughs) last week we began a brand new series called Me and My Big Mouth. And as I said last week, uh, it really is about me and my big mouth, not me and my husband's big mouth or my parents' big mouth. It is about uh, how we use our words and our mouths uh, in the lives of others. Now, I'm going to ask a couple questions. Do not put up your hands and respond. Uh, How many of you have ever crossed the line with your words and wished you could take it back? think we all have. Have you ever said something about someone else that you thought they would never hear? And then they heard. <laughs> a long time ago, uh, when I was in the construction industry, there was this, this particular uh, contractor that we did business with, did a lot of business with, and it was fantastic to deal with. And as this particular contractor was beginning to retire, he appointed someone else to be in his place. And of course, the new person didn't know half of what the old person knew, and there were all kinds of problems coming up as the transition was happening. A lot of those problems landed on my shoulders, and I was extremely frustrated. In this one particular uh, occasion, uh, I got a phone call, and it was a big emergency, and so I had to pull an an installer off a job, and he's driving the truck, and I'm in the truck, and I'm just venting and frustrated about the the new guy and the mistake that was made, and and I flipped open my flip phone. Yeah, you remember those things? Awesome. Flipped open the flip phone, and I'm like, you know what? And I just started saying stuff. And I was talking about how frustrated I was and how this person didn't know what they were doing, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and then when I was done, I started dialing the number to talk to this person. And when I put the earpiece to my head, it wasn't ringing. And I heard a voice on the other side say something to the effect of, um, anything else you want to tell me? And my stomach all, like fell out of the truck. <laughs> but it, maybe you guys have never done anything like that, but it was like in that moment I realized that I was saying stuff that I should have never said and that this person actually heard these words. And for the upcoming years, I would have to work with this person and mend the relationship, and it was so, so difficult. And in that moment, when that happened, as I sat there with that flip phone, I, I was praying and wishing that God would have given me this button the rewind button. (laughs) Wouldn't it be amazing if you said something or did something to hurt somebody and you'd be like, oh, hang on a second. You push the button and you back up and you're like, let's redo that. Mulligan. All right. I'm going to try that again because clearly that was the wrong thing. But unfortunately, God did not give us a rewind button. You know this. He did, however, give us a pause button. And that's what we're talking about. Over these four-week series, we're talking about this concept, this principle that we found last week and discussed. And it is a principle that we all know, but we all need to be reminded of it regularly. And it's this. James says in the first chapter of his letter that we, everyone, we're to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And I showed you these hand gestures. Can we all do it together? Close your fists, put them in front of your chest. We're going to say everyone's to be quick to listen slow to speak. Now, a couple people asked me after the messages last week, why are you doing this for listen? Shouldn't you be doing this for listen? And I said, no, because the problem isn't that we don't hear what people are saying. The problem is our posture. The problem is that we're not, our hands are closed, our hearts are closed, our minds are closed. We hear the words, but we're not truly listening. 
And so we want to be quick to listen. We want to open our bodies, our hearts, and our minds to truly listen and understand what the other person is trying to communicate. Because when we're in a disagreement with someone, when communication isn't going well, what do we do? We close our hearts. We turn away. We close our minds. We shut down. And of course, that makes sense because every single one of us wants the very same thing. What do we want? We want to be heard and we want to be understood. And it's like, well, you're not listening to me, so I'm not listening to you. And you're not listening to me, so I'm not. And people close off. And essentially what James is teaching when he says that we're to be quick to listen and slow to speak is the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In other words, somebody's got to start this process of listening and understanding. And James says, it's your job. And it's your job. And it's my job. Everyone is to be quick to listen and slow to speak. To speak. And so again, this isn't new. Today as we continue our conversation around our tongues and the words that we speak, I want to I share with you this idea, you know this to be true, words are powerful. Words are powerful. Someone came up to me last Sunday after the service and asked me, what is the most powerful force in the universe? And the answer, of course, God. It's always the answer. But next to God, I said, my answer to this person was, words. This person looked at me a little quizzically. I was like, words? Really the most powerful? Because like we would think like nuclear reaction. Now that's the most powerful force in the universe. And then, but no. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And what did he do? He opened his mouth and he spoke words. He said, let there be light. And guess what came into existence? The sun, which is a giant nuclear reactor, came about through the word of God. And John says in his gospel that everything that exists was made through the word of God. So the words have so much power. And you know this. Civilizations have risen and fallen because of the words that came out of people's mouths. Relationships have risen and fallen. Culture, everything is connected to to words. And words not only have power to create the universe, not only have power to affect culture and civilization, but they have power in our lives, and you know this, that each and every one of us was formed and shaped by the words spoken to us, the words spoken over us, and the words spoken about us, right? Your childhood is shaped, some good, some bad, because of the words spoken to you, about you, and over you, and you go into your workplace or into school, and words that are spoken to you, about you, and over you shape and form you. Words are so, so, so powerful and there are a couple things that you need to know about words. Here's, here's a couple things I want you to know. Number one, words aren't equally weighted. They're not equally weighted. Like the, the same words do not all have the same effect. So for example, if someone pays you a compliment, I got this little rock, represents a compliment. Hey, you're really good at that. Oh, that's nice. Nice little rock. Hey, you know, I really appreciate what you do for me. Oh, that's nice. You're so sweet. You've got all these little rocks, right? And so people paying you compliments, doing nice things, and you're like, oh, that's so meaningful. And then one person comes along and says, oh, you'll never amount to anything. Big rock. The words are not equally weighted. There is a, there is a formula that people have often referred to as the 5-1 formula or the ratio. And it's this magic formula in relationship, okay, that for every you need five positive comments or experiences in a relationship for every one negative. 
And this is true. John Gottman, who studies marriage and has written uh, pretty extensively on it, talks about how, like they're tracking marriages. And marriage is where this ratio gets off, okay? Because you're like in this, you're living life with somebody and you're stuck with them. And, you know, in a good way, stuck, or well, it could be a bad way, but you're stuck with them. And, and the number of positive versus negative interactions, like if it's one for one, one positive, one negative, you're like, well, that's pretty good. It balances out. They say, not a chance. Because you're, you're comparing this and this. And so the words aren't equally weighted. And that's extremely important to know. So you need way more positive for every negative. And you know this because you've experienced it in your life. So words aren't equally weighted. Here's another thing. The source of the words is not equally weighted. Right? Someone you barely know can say something critical about you and it hurts. You get the, it's like, oh, it has a, a weight to it. You're like, oh, man, I wish that was really mean. I, that kind of hurt me. If your mom says it... <laughs> Boom, boulder, right? Like if somebody that you trust, if your best friend or if somebody in leadership that you really respect says that very same thing, it has so much more weight. You know what I'm talking about? I have to be reminded sometimes because um, my wife will tell me because I'll I'll be in conversation with people and I'll say something to them as Nathan. Because many of you know me as Pastor Nathan, but there's like just Nathan. I'm just a guy. Like I'm a person like you are. And I'll be just talking. I'll be like, oh, I have an opinion and I'll say it. And she's like, whoa. Be careful, why? And I'm like, why? And she's like, it's just me, it's just Nathan. She's like, no, you're wearing Pastor Nathan hat, right? And I used to look at church history, and the leaders in the early church, they always have these big hats. You guys ever seen the images, those, those old medieval images, you know? And if somebody was a priest, they had like a little hat, and if somebody was a cardinal, they had like a really big hat. And the Pope, boy, is like this giant thing. And, and I used to go, well, that's so silly wearing these big hats. But the hat really served as a reminder of the authority that they carried, which meant that the words that they speak had that much more weight when they spoke, which means, by the way, if you're in leadership, if you're a parent, if you're a boss, if you're over anybody, your words have more weight than you know, and you have to be so careful how you use your words. So words aren't equally weighted. The source isn't equally weighted, and this last thing is super important. The recovery time isn't equally weighted. Have you ever said something to someone that hurt them? And you're like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean that. It was a slip of the tongue. I was angry. Uh, you know, ha, 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 it was just a joke. And you're wondering to yourself, why aren't things the way they were before I said the thing? I apologized. Because healing takes time. If you slam someone's hand in the car door, like, why aren't we okay? You'd be like, Look at my hand. I said I was sorry. Look at my hand. The damage is done, and healing takes time. And so another reason why we need to be what? quick to listen and slow to speak and push that little that little pause button as often as we can so we know this words can destroy people and words can build people up amazing thing about words is you don't even have to be in the same room with someone to destroy them with your words so powerful like you can say something and go across the airwaves or cell phone flip phone or facebook or instagram It's amazing the power of words and how they can find their way and cause so much harm in the lives of people. In fact, I would argue that the greatest relational regrets that all of us have, you know, might have been avoided if we would have been listening to this and practicing this principle of being quick to listen and slow to speak. If we would take these these words that James taught us uh, so many thousands of years ago and put them into practice in our lives. And so that's what we're trying to do throughout this series Last week we were in James 1, where he gives us the principle, be quick to listen, slow to speak. 
Today we're going to be in the third chapter of his letter, and to give you a bit of context, he's going to come back to speaking about our words, and the very first verse of the chapter, which we're not going to read, James says this, let not many of you desire to become leaders and teachers. And the reason he gives is because you will incur a stricter judgment. He's like, if you want to be in charge of people, you want to teach everybody what you know, you want to speak and have influence, he's like, be careful because the bigger your hat, the more you're accountable to God. And then he goes into, what you're going to see is, seems fairly dark and cryptic, but, but it's powerful. James is going to talk about the power of our words. So here's, here's where we pick it up in the second verse. After he warns about leadership, he says this in verse 2. We all stumble in many ways. I'm so glad that he wrote that there because the assumption would be otherwise that the only people that could be in leadership would be perfect people. And James makes it very clear there are no perfect people, no perfect bosses, no perfect parents, no perfect pastors. So there's a lot of grace required and we're gonna mess this up along the way, but he's calling us higher in how we use our words with one another. So we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. (laughs) James says, if you could completely control what comes out of your mouth, your whole life could be perfected. That's a pretty bold claim. But he continues, able to keep their whole body in check. This idea that we're going to come back to again and again, James is like, as your mouth goes, so goes your life. But the words that come out of your mouth aren't just disconnected from you, they actually affect your life in so many ways we cannot even imagine. So he continues in verse 3. He uses an example that he would have, uh, that would have been common in his day. He says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. So what, what's he talking about? If you take a metal bit on a bridle and you put it in a horse's mouth, there's a space in their jaw where there's no teeth, okay? Some of you may not have known that, and the bit just fits in there perfectly, and the bit applies pressure to the lower jaw, which is uncomfortable for the horse, which allows a 60-pound girl, you know, in tights, to control a 1,200-pound horse, which, by the way, has a mind of its own. If you watch Westerns, you're like, they're like robots. You just point your hand and they go in that direction. That's not the way horses work, friends. As you heard in the welcome, I like horses. I know some things. Okay? And I'll tell you this. When when you're trying to go this way and the barn's over there, guess where that horse wants to go? It's like, they'll run sideways. And you're like, whoa. And you you use that that bridle and you use that bit in its mouth to control the entire animal. It's it's a marvelous, marvelous thing. It's, It's hard to imagine that you can control such a powerful animal with such a small thing as a bit. He continues with another example. Or he says, take ships as an example. And you've all seen those. Although they are so large and driven by such strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. I got a picture of the back of a ship, and you've all seen a rudder. You have these massive ships, you know, sometimes thousands or millions of tons, hundreds of feet long, the whole deal, big steam, steam and diesel ships. And the whole thing is steered with this little metal flap on the back called a rudder. And one guy with a wheel can steer that entire ship into the wind, into the currents, directing the ship wherever he wants it to go. And the point that James is making is that you have a very small part that has big influence. And he gives two examples, right? He says the bit, small little thing, controls the big horse. Small little rudder controls the big ship. 
And here's where things get interesting. He's going to turn his attention towards our tongues. Verse 5, likewise, the tongue. Think about the tongue. It's kind of an ugly little thing. (laughs) So I would usually keep it hidden. And uh, it's about four inches long, has some muscles and some skin, some taste buds and nerves. But it's literally like, it seems pretty harmless to me. Like if you just saw a tongue, you'd be like, ooh, well, that looks dangerous. Like it's a tongue. It's not a big deal. And yet James is going to point to this little part of our body. And he's like, it has such massive impact and influence on the rest of our lives. It's unbelievable. That's his point. Did you know the tongue has eight muscles in it? And fun fact, those muscles never get tired. So that explains, that explains, I was telling my kids that, and they're all like, ah, 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 like for like 10 minutes. And they're like, yeah, it's true, Dad. It's like, stop, stop. So, so it's awkward, right? You're sitting there thinking, okay, this explains a lot. Um, it never gets tired. And James is like, that little piece of your body has such a, a disproportionate impact on your life. It's unbelievable to even think about. He continues, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. It boasts of great power, and it actually fulfills those boasts. It has great power. He, can, he continues, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. You guys have all seen a forest, you know, and you've been warned, because all it takes is a spark. You get a dry forest, the right conditions, and all it takes is that, and the whole thing goes up, Right? It only takes a spark to get a fire going. Soon all those around are warmed up by its glowing. You know it. Sing along. That's how it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it. That's enough. Um, So some of the younger ones are like, what is that? That's weird. That's a camp song. That is a classic camp song. And the, the point of the camp song is to say this, that like God's love is like a spark. And when you love someone, that love affects in bigger ways than you can imagine, and it spreads like fire, and, and that's how God works. He spreads like fire through his people. That's on the positive end, but James is talking about the negative side. Because if the wrong things are spoken, that spark can set ablaze a whole forest, all these immovable trees destroyed. Here's the picture of the aftermath of one little spark, you know, and you've heard stories and seen the devastation that can happen from one, it's like, oh, it's just one little cigarette butt. It was just one little campfire we didn't put out. And everything is singed. It's amazing to think about, but uh, James is going to go on to say that our tongue is a fire. And each of us is born with the pilot light lit. We have the potential in us to do great damage if our tongue is not controlled and yielded in the right way. So, he continues. Likewise, the tongue, a small part, makes great boasts. The forest can be set on fire by such a small spark. And then he continues in verse 6 to say this. The tongue also is a fire. Notice what he says next. A world of evil. A world of evil? Among the parts of the body? What what he's talking about in the original translation is like a a micro-universe. In other words, all the devastation and horror you see in the world on the news... War and famine and violence and hatred and all the stuff that you see in the world. And you're like, oh, all that bad stuff out there. He's like, there's a world of evil right here. And the potential for everything you see out there is right here. It's kind of frightening. It's like, James, this is dark. But he's like, it's true. 
It's absolutely true. He continues, it corrupts the whole body. It corrupts the whole body and sets the whole course of one's life on fire. It corrupts everything. The wrong words affects everything. Like when a kid is mouthy, the kid's mouth doesn't go into timeout. The whole body goes into timeout. Now you don't divorce someone's mouth. Divorce the whole person. You don't fire the employee who, who, who lies. You don't fire their mouth. You fire the employee. It's like the things that come out of our mouth affect everything. That's the point. And the whole course of one's life can be set on fire. Fun story. Um, years ago, I've shared this before. Some of you will know the story. Years ago, when I was in high school, it seemed like everybody around me smoked. It was probably more popular at the time than it is now. Now they're vaping and stuff, but still bad. But back then, they would be smoking, and so I would like leave high school, and someone would walk up to me like, hey, got a light? I'm like, no. And people were asking me so much that I, I went and bought a lighter. I'm like, okay, I might as well be helpful, you know, <laughs> show them Jesus' love. Um, and so I, I got a lighter, and a friend of mine showed me how to modify the lighter to increase the flame size, because you can only get the flame, you know, so big. And so uh, he showed me how to do this, and, I, and so I had so much fun. People would ask for, for a light, and I'd be like, ah, oh, no problem. And I'd pull up my lighter, and I'd stand back and just enjoy what I had done. And so they would get their little cigarette, and they would, you know, and it would, it would terrify them, right? And they would jump back, like, what just happened? I'm like, ha, ha, that was funny. And I'd take my lighter and wait for another unsuspecting victim. Um, <laughs> this is what we did before there were cell phones. Um, and... And so on this one occasion, um, my, my older brother, who was like 17, 18, he was visiting our house, and he had this girl with him, and she asked me if for a light, and I was like, oh, yes. And so I pulled out my special lighter, and I gave it to her. Now, one of the things I hadn't considered, how many of you remember 90s hairstyles? <laughs> they used to, like, tease the bangs into a giant bird's nest, right? Salon selectives, like 25 hold. It was like... And uh, I, again, I'm a boy. I didn't think about this. I gave her the lighter, and I just thought, this is going to be fun. And I stood back to watch, and she lit this thing. And I saw a puff of fire go up, and her bangs were gone. They were incinerated. And she's like, this poof. And she's like, what happened? And I'm running for the bathroom, right? Like, I locked myself in there. I'm like, there is no, she's going to kill me. You don't mess with a woman's hair. <laughs> but I learned a valuable lesson through this story. And here's the lesson, and you know this. If you start a fire accidentally, you're still responsible for the fire you started. <laughs> True? And so how many times in our lives have we scorched people with our words and stood on a little pedestal and went, but it was true. But they needed to hear it. And we scorch people. And we think, well, it's not my fault they were so dry and everything went up in flames. You know, it's not my fault you had a bad hairstyle. Like, whatever the excuse is, it's not my fault, but... But when the fire is started, you have to bear some responsibility if you've started the fire. That's it's a big deal. James says, look, it corrupts everything. Your tongue, if uncontrolled, will, will affect and influence and destroy everything around it. It'll set everything on fire. And here's what he says, and is itself set on fire by hell. That's fascinating to me. Because we always think of fire, uh, we always think of hell as a place people go, like a destination. Like hell is somewhere out there for bad people. Not good people like us, the bad people out there, you know, other people. That's sarcasm, by the way, right? So hell is this place that bad people go. But James is like, actually, no, hell can be at work 
in your mouth. And there's something that can happen if your mouth is uncontrolled that can cause hell and bring hell to others. And you know this because people have spoken things over you that put you in a state of hell, right? People don't believe in hell. They haven't lived because we all have experienced what it feels like. And so hell is like, is at work in our tongues if left unchecked. James is painting a very bleak picture and he's warning us of the danger of what can happen if our tongues are uncontrolled. He continues. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. Domesticated. In those days, the rich and powerful, they would get exotic animals and they would have them in their homes. You might have a cage with an ape. Like, hey, come check out what I have. Or they might have like a baby tiger and they would train it and it would grow up and be in the home. Maybe you've seen old movies from those times in in the Roman times. They would have exotic birds and eagles and all this kind of stuff was very, very in vogue. And what was amazing is, is James is commenting on how people were able to train these wild animals and domesticate them to some degree. You've seen the, the lion trainer who puts his head inside the lion's mouth. and It's like, it's amazing what we can do with these wild animals. And here's his point. But no human being can tame the tongue. <laughs> it's like we can tame some of these creatures, but we cannot tame this little thing inside of our mouths. He continues, it's a restless evil full of deadly poison. We think poison, we think poison bottle. He's talking about venomous snakes, right, that inject poison with their bite. And he's, he's talking about our tongues and saying they can be restless evil full of deadly poison. We don't think about that. How many of you have taken Wemyss training? We, yeah, hopefully everyone, if you work in Ontario, you're supposed to take that. Uh, Wemyss training is like workplace, hazardous, information, material, signage. I don't know. I hate acronyms. But this Wemyss training is essentially teaches you to recognize the symbols, right? So this is a flammable symbol, and this is poisonous or corrosive or uh, radioactive. And so you want to know these symbols so that you can be aware of danger as you're handling products. What's amazing to me is that our tongue doesn't have any of these symbols on it. <laughs> Imagine if you open up your tongue and there's a little like corrosive symbol or flammable. Flammable, that one should be there. Radioactive. Because if we had those symbols on there, we might be a little more cautious. You know what I'm talking about? We might be a little more cautious about what comes out of our mouths. And I would argue that uh, more people have been destroyed by words than by poisonous serpents, wouldn't you? So he says, look, it's, it's, it's something we need to pay attention to. It's dangerous, our tongues. He continues in verse 9, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father. With it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and curse. He says, this is an amazing thing. The tongue can be used for good or evil. It should be used in one direction. And yet it's so slippery, it's so hard to control that it will, it will go in either direction and needs to be watched. He continues, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? The answer is no. Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. He's like, this thing that God created to be used in one direction, if we're not careful, we'll use it to both bless and to curse, to build up and to tear down, and it shouldn't be. And so James has gone on all this, all this conversation about the dangers of misusing our tongue and the words we speak. And now as we come to the end, guess what he's going to say next to wrap this all up? Nothing. 
We find ourselves at the end. He like stops the conversation. It's like, beware, beware. It's like poison. It's like fire. It can destroy. It's like a ship's rudder, and it'll take your life off course. <clears throat> Let's change the subject. Because James is making a point, I think, that there's no once and for all solution. There's no like, hey, do this, and you will master your tongue. This is something that is a continual process and tension. Every day of our lives, we have to get up. And every day of our lives, we have to submit our tongue to God and be like, how is this thing to be used? And we have to be what? Quick to listen, slow to speak. That is the principle, the guiding principle. So as we close today, I don't want to just leave you on that low note, like, oh, by the way, there's no solution. Um, I thought I would give you three words. And these are three things that we can put into perpetual motion in our lives that will help us when it comes to the words that we speak. And these three words are remember, surrender, and confess. Let me me share real quick with you what they are. And these words will set us up for next week. Remember. Here's what we need to remember. We need to remember the power of the tongue. We need to remember that each of us was born with the pilot light lit. You go, oh, no, I got control over this thing, man. I'm perfect. James like, no, you're not. Be careful. The pilot light is lit. Damage is possible. You're going to be careful. We need to remember that the tongue is untamable. Then here's what we do next. We surrender. We invite God into the process. Isn't that what we should be doing in every area of our life? God, I'm inviting you into the process. Help me to speak words that bring life. Help me to speak only what is true and uplifting. Help me to manage this thing that is unmanageable. And maybe you could pray this prayer each morning or every hour if if you really need to. And it would be this prayer that says, Heavenly Father, would you help me to be quick to listen and slow to speak? God, would you give me the power to hit the pause button? Because there is no rewind button. Quick to listen and slow to speak. So we want to surrender our tongues, our words, our lives to God. And here's the final thing, and this is super important. Confess. Confess. It is important for us to, because none of us is perfect, because all of us will mess up with our words every week, we need to learn to confess, to own the fires that we started. Say, hey, I didn't mean it that way, but I see I've caused damage and I'm sorry. And that means you start working towards reconciliation with relationships because you're owning the fact that you had something to do with it. So we want to we remember the danger of our words. We want to surrender our tongues to God, and then confess those fires that we start as we misuse our words. I guess in conclusion, as we kind of wrap things up here, remember, words are not equally weighted. If you're a leader, if you're a parent, you need to know that your words carry more weight than you can imagine. And it's a great reason to to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And even if you're a kid and you think, well, I can say whatever I want to my parents, um, you have no idea how much your words impact your parents who love you. So, so let's be cautious. Let's be quick to listen. And let's be slow to speak. And there may be people in this room today, as I close, that just would say, hey, you know what? Um, your life is, has been a mess. And maybe the family you grew up in was toxic. And the words that were spoken over you were death. Maybe the relationships you've been in have been toxic. Or maybe your work relationships are toxic. And you would like, when you saw that, that picture of the burned down forest, you're like, that's, that's me inside. There are people who have been scorched by others. And I'll tell you, the natural tendency for us is to turn around and do likewise, isn't it? 
Like, I've been scorched. You pull out that lighter and you start going to town. But I want to invite you to not repeat that cycle, to break it. Because until somebody starts and says, you know what? I am no longer going to use my tongue to destroy other people. And you break the cycle. Words that were spoken over you. Some of you need to have words broken off of you so that you can now begin to speak life into other people. So, so we don't want to repeat that cycle. We want to break it. So today I want to close in prayer and um, invite each and every one of us to remember, and to surrender, and to confess. Father, thank you for the words of James, the warning that he gives us. It's easy to forget, Lord, how powerful our words are. We know how powerful they are when used against us, but sometimes we forget how powerful they are as they come out of our lips. Lord, I pray today that we would recognize the power of the words that we have, the power of the words that have been spoken over us. I pray, Lord, that each of us in this place would, would receive the words that you have spoken over us, that we are loved, that we are called, that we are your children, that we are accepted in spite of what we've done, that, Lord, out of those positive words, we would understand who we are in you and begin to speak words of life over others. God, help us to surrender our tongues to you and to confess when we fail. Lord, that we might be a community and a people who build up and love others with our words. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. See you next week.